and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some, of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The first thing that I would like to recognize tonight about the courage to learn is the Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn, although converting to Christianity would mean he could face persecution. The eunuch was in all probability a proselyte of the Jewish religion. We know this because verse 27 states that he was a man of Ethiopia and that he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. We also know that there was severe contempt held against Christians by the Jews at this time in the first century. As you well know, Saul of Tarsus was a persecutor of the church of Christ during this era. In Acts chapter 8 verse 3. The Bible says as for Saul he made havoc of the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women committing them to prison. In Acts chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Went unto the high priests. And desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if it found any of this way, whether they were of men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 26, verses 9 and 10, Paul said, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison. And having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death. 
I gave my voice against them. In Galatians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. Paul said, For ye have heard of my conversation in times past. In the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation. Being much more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. So it seems to me that the Ethiopian eunuch was just the right kind of fella that Paul would have liked to have persecuted. So for the Ethiopian eunuch to convert to Christianity from Judaism, especially in this time in history, was not a popular thing to do. In fact, becoming a servant of God has never been a popular thing to do. And it never will. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The road to heaven will be traveled by the minority of humanity. However, the Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn about the gospel in spite of the fact that it was very likely that he would face persecution From the religion that he was abandoning. That he was about to abandon. The same thing could happen today. I know of some people that have converted from denominationalism to New Testament Christianity. That have had to face some mild forms of persecution. From their friends and family. But listen to what Jesus said about that. In Matthew chapter 10 verses 34 to 37. Jesus said, Think ye not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I am come not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So we need to have and to keep faith and keep the courage to learn just as the Ethiopian eunuch did. Number two, the Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn because he was reading and studying the scriptures. Christianity is a taught and learned religion. There are only two ways that a person can learn the Bible. They can either hear it preached or taught or they can Read it for themselves. The Bible teaches that both of these methods be utilized. 
In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In John chapter 6, verses 44 and 45, Jesus said, No man can Come to me, except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. In Acts chapter 20, verses 26 and 27, Paul said, Wherefore I take unto you record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. In Acts chapter 17 verse 11. The Bible says these were more noble noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they with all readiness of mind searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so. In John chapter 5 verse 39 Jesus said search these scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, Paul speaking of Timothy said, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible also teaches, That the word of God is where spiritual nourishment comes from. In 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Peter said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That ye may grow thereby. Therefore if a person wants to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then they must read and study the scriptures. Just like the Ethiopian eunuch was doing. However, with most in the world and some in the church, this is not the case at all. You know, we are blessed to live in a country where a copy of the Bible is very easy to obtain. We live in a country where most households have at least one copy and if not multiple copies of the Bible. The Bible is the best selling and least read book in history. There have been about six billion copies of the Bible sold. That's a lot of Bibles. Six billion copies of the Bible sold. So that brings me to want to ask this question. Why don't people read and study the Bible? Well, I think that there are various reasons. I think the main reason is that people are just more interested in other things. Now, I've thought and pondered this for for many, many months and years. And I've come to the conclusion that People, most people, are just more interested in other 
things. In Mark chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said in the parable of the sower, And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things come in and choke the word. And it becometh unfruitful. In 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. John said love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world. The love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Is not of the father but is of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Many times there is nothing wrong with the things in and of themselves that come between people and God. It's the fact that we let these things come between us and God is the problem. Recreation. There is nothing wrong with recreation. There is nothing wrong with playing ball. There is nothing wrong with fishing. There is nothing wrong with hunting. But if recreation and playing ball and hunting and fishing come between you and God, then that is a problem. Entertainment. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. There's nothing wrong with watching television. Assuming that the television shows that we watch, God would approve of. There's nothing wrong with taking these devices that these children have and doing this. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going to the movies. As long as the entertainment that we choose is okay with God, there's nothing wrong with it. But when the entertainment that we choose becomes more important than reading and studying the Bible, then there's something wrong with that. Now, and I'm going to get to myself in just a minute. How many minutes a day, or how many hours a day, do we spend on these electronic devices? Now, some of you older uh, people, and I'm not going to say old, I'm just going to say older than us. You probably don't have these devices that I'm talking about. But I know there's some people in this room that probably spend a lot of time on Electronic devices. Well, let me ask you this. How many minutes yesterday did you spend doing that? Checking on this, checking on that. How many minutes yesterday did you spend reading and studying the Bible and praying to God? Now, you answer that to yourself. What about work? I told you I was going to get to myself in just a minute. There's nothing wrong with work. 
The Bible says, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. And I believe that. I do believe that. But there comes a time when a man or a woman could work too much. If you work too much, if you work in the amount of time that it takes that you're mentally and physically exhausted and you spend zero time that day reading and studying the Bible and praying to God, then your work is coming between you and God because you have exhausted yourself and have not reserved any time for God. We need to want God more than we want these things. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Jesus said blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. What does a man do? I know what a man does when he's hungry and thirsty. You can ask my wife. I come into the door and I start raiding the pantry. If I'm hungry and thirsty, if I'm really hungry and thirsty, I'm going to get myself something to eat. And I'm going to get myself something to drink. And if a man or a woman or a young man or a young woman is really hungry and thirsty for God's word, what are they going to do? They are going to read and study the word of God. And I'm convinced that the Ethiopian eunuch was hungry And thirsty for righteousness. Because he had the courage to read. And study the scriptures. Number three. The Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn. Because he had the courage to ask for help. With what he did not understand. The eunuch was reading the prophet Isaiah. Yet he did not understand. What or who the prophet was speaking of. Again in Acts chapter 8 verses 30 and 31. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And said understandest what thou readest. And he said how can I except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. This tells us that although the Ethiopian unit was a man of great power. Great authority. He was humble enough to admit. That he needed help from another person. God does not like pride and arrogance. In Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 to 19. The Bible says these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea seven are an abomination unto him. And at the top of the list. It says a proud look, a lying tongue, and head hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. At the top of the list, God said he hated that proud Look. And we all know what that proud look looks like. That high-headed look. That I think that I am better, much better than everybody else. 
In James chapter 4 verse 6. But he that giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith. God resisteth the proud. But giveth grace unto the humble. In Proverbs 16 18. It says pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed, lest he fall. What God desires for each and every person is not for them to be prideful or arrogant, but to have a meek and humble spirit. Jesus was meek and humble. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Moses was meek and humble. In Numbers chapter 12 verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. Paul commands Christians to be meek and humble. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such things there is no law. So the Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn. Because he had the courage to ask for help. In trying to understand the things which he did not understand. And finally number four. The Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn because he accepted the truth. He had been taught and then obeyed the gospel. It must be an awful thing to be blind. Every now and then I try to imagine what it would be like to be blind. And if you're blind here today, I'm not picking at you. But I know it must be not enjoyable. Not to be able to see some of the things that God has created. It brings joy to a farmer's heart. To see the things grow that he has planted. It's an awful thing to be physically blind. But what is even worse than that. It's an awful thing to be spiritually blind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 and 4. Paul said, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God should shine unto them. The God of this world is Satan. And he has blinded people's minds. With religious error. Indifference. And spiritual discouragement. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, This I say therefore, and testify of the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. A person who is physically blind 
can be looking directly at something and cannot see it. When a person is spiritually blind, they can be looking at something and they cannot see it. They can be looking at the verse and still not see the truth. Oftentimes they say something like, I know what the Bible says, but... When you hear somebody say, I know what the Bible says, but you know that they have a serious problem seeing the truth of God. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 14 to 15, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And should understand with their heart. And should be converted and I should heal them. I'll never forget. As long as I have memory in my brain. I will never forget the night. That I was teaching a teenage Bible class. And there was this little old denominational boy that was following around one of our girls. And he followed her to church several times. Some of you that know me know the inside story. I followed a girl to church. But anyway... We had been studying the... Uh, plan of salvation. And we had gotten to baptism. And like I said, he was a, a little denominational boy. And he, he, he was a good-hearted little fella. But he became irritated whenever we got to the subject of baptism. And he spoke up. And he said, Mr. Holiday, I just, I just want to tell you right now, I disagree with what, what you're trying to, I just don't believe in this. I said, okay. And I, those students in my class, I saw the hair stand up on the back of the neck. I said, they're going to tear him from limb to limb. I said, y'all calm down. I said, and, and like tonight, the bell rang and, and everybody left and went back to the auditorium. And I said, I said, I said, buddy, stay here for just a little while. And I just as gently as I could. Showed him every verse in the New Testament about water baptism. Just as gentle as a nurse nourishes her child. I just just eased it in and just let him just try to soak it up. And I'll never as long as I live forget what he had to say. He said that just goes against what I believe. Well, I didn't tell him this. Well, I'll I tell you what I did tell him. I said, friend, you need to change what you believe. If the Bible teaches against what you believe, then you need to change what you believe. And I'm sad to say that he is a, did not change what he believed. And now he's teaching others 
uh, false doctrine that he promotes. In Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 3, Paul said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. However, the Ethiopian eunuch was not like this at all. He had the courage to recognize, accept, and obey the truth of God, no matter what the consequences might have been. In John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In Acts chapter 8, verses 36 to 39 again, it says, And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The Ethiopian eunuch had the courage to learn because he accepted the truth that he had been taught. And then he obeyed the gospel. Thank you for your kind attention.